Welcome to the Plus Podcast with Midwest Direct, a marketing and communications company focused on helping marketers develop engaging messages and interpret the results. We deliver over 2 million messages every day that land in mailboxes, inboxes, and show up in online advertising. When your campaign is over, we help our marketers understand their results and plan for future campaigns. We recorded these podcasts to support clients in all the avenues in marketing that you have to execute every day. Subscribe to our series now. Hi, this is Michelle Toivonen. I'm Director of Strategic Marketing at Midwest Direct. And today we're going to talk about some of the importance and the power of creative design in your campaign. And we want to focus on that today specifically because many of the campaigns that we focus on at Midwest Direct have a good list and a good offer, and we can offer a great channel mix, but what we don't do internally is creative design. So we've invited Sheila Hart from Sheila Hart Design to come in today and talk to us about that for a little bit. At Midwest Direct, we spend a lot of time talking about the marketing formula. List, offer, creative, and channels, and we can offer the in-house services with list, offer, and the channel mix. However, we don't do creative in-house. Creative, design creative specifically, that's a skill set that requires real expertise. As a marketer, I've worked with many creative experts and agencies over the years. One of the best, in my opinion, is Sheila Hart. We've invited Sheila into our studio today to help our audience understand the importance of creative, the power of good creative, and how to get good creative if you don't have it. Sheila Hart owns her own agency, Sheila Hart Incorporated, which is a graphic design firm located in Cleveland, Ohio. Sheila works with businesses of all sizes, scales, and budgets, both business-to-business or B2B and direct-to-market, most specifically with companies that need an outsider's perspective or may not have a design staff of their own, which, especially in our market, happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Sheila creates cohesive and sophisticated branding, marketing, and promotional materials through print or digital means. Sheila is a problem solver, and her goal is to help businesses grow by working with them to create smart and attractive design solutions. Sheila Hart, Inc. does graphic design work around the world, as well as in our hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. Sheila's company has been in operation since 1996. Sheila Hart attained her degree in graphic design at the University of Cincinnati in 1986 and has won numerous awards for her design skills. Her work has been exhibited in major museums and galleries around the world. Before starting the firm, she worked at such well-known design firms such as Vignelli & Associates, Pentagram, and Nesnandi & Schwartz. The team at Sheila Hart Design specializes in branding, marketing promotion, publication design, self-publishing, and web work. We've invited Sheila here today to help you learn how to create a cohesive message and brand across all channels when creating or developing an omni-channel campaign. Sheila, welcome. Yay, thank you. Uh, Before we dive into the details, I'd like to just open it up and let you talk for a little bit about the power and importance of creative design and having a professional designer work with, especially a small company or a mid-sized company, maybe they've got one or two marketing professionals in-house, 
such as Midwest Direct. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes time to create new product launch or really manage the brand, maybe renew a brand, they need some outside help. So um, I think over the years, I've learned the power of design and how far that carries a brand. But you're the expert, so I'm going to hand it over to you for just a minute to talk about that. Okay, so one of the things that I notice or see happen all the time is that design tends to be kind of ubiquitous. It's it's out there and, and people see it, but they don't pay attention to it. And it's only the ones that have the outstanding com- campaigns that have well thought through brands. Those are the ones that stand out in people's heads and they have the staying power. And everybody wants to aspire to that, but they don't know how to get there. And they don't recognize that there's a lot of steps, a lot of exercises that have they have to go through in order to get to that point where they've got memorability through their brand. If you close your eyes and you think about companies that are really, really successful, like Apple or Coca-Cola, um, you know, y- you can picture them without even having to look at the product. You know what that product is. You know what their logo looks like. You know what their colors look like. You know the aesthetic that's associated with the, with those companies. And to get to that point, those companies were practicing branding at such an extreme level that it usurped anything else that they were trying to do. They were trying to develop this presence in people's minds that, that um, they could associate with that company. And from that came brand loyalty. The people come back to them over and over again because they know what their product stands for. And in a lot of cases, they don't care about cost. Um, They will buy their product because they know what that company stands for because that brand has been so so substantiated, so has been built out so well for them. So for, for designers, we're constantly trying to get companies to think in terms of building brand. And a lot of times they make the mistake of thinking that, you know, putting out a good promo or, you know, let's, let's get good price points or let's tell them our entire story in one tiny little piece or one tiny little space is what is going to do that. And that's the exact opposite. Um, it's long, slow and sneaky. Um, but if you do it well, then you'll get that hold out with people and they'll keep on coming back to you over and over again because you have um, done all of the things that those big companies that I mentioned um, do. So you just touched on a couple of really good points that really rung a bell with me. First, I love long, slow, and sneaky. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to talk about that more. <laughs> and second of all, um, you ended with what the big brands do. And I think that's a big part of what there's a gap for a lot of marketers who are working in small but powerful brands mm-hmm. that they struggle with what's my new identity. Mm-hmm. Um, as we all know, we're dealing with changing times. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of brands have to make a leap. They mm-hmm. have to leap between generations. They have to leap across channels, which is a big part of what we're facing right now. Right. Um, and then the second part of that is Uh, They have to be able to communicate that same feeling across all those channels. So maybe you can explain for especially the small to mid-sized people who are trying to think in that big brand way Mm -hmm. and have that long view, long vision, um, how to translate that. Right. Um, So one of the things that they have to keep in mind is that you can't tell the whole story in one one piece. You Mm. can't do it in one big blast. It'd be like if somebody walked up to you and you said, how are you? And they told you their entire life story in that brief encounter. All you really need to do is give them 
give people the opportunity to have a place to go to get more information. Use your website for that. You know, that's, that's the greatest avenue that people can go to to get more information about anything. That's why the web is there. Um, so one of the places that small, small businesses that are trying to make that jump mm-hmm. um, need to go is to find a way to pare down their message, to get their message so that it, it travels across and and sometimes you don't want to do it in a big leap you want to do it in a small leap you can do small things you do tweaks to the logo you do tweaks to your identity program and you keep on building 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 off of that but it's a matter of getting the message pared down until you get to the point where it becomes a universal one um, so a, a lot of times that means that you have to revamp your logo, but I wouldn't recommend doing that in a big jump. I recommend doing it in small steps. It might mean that you develop some new taglines for your company and that, that, again, might be something that becomes a transitional thing. So you build a whole campaign or you're building, building, building to get to the point where you have made that move from one place to another place. And if you do it well, hiring professionals to Mm -hmm. do this for you, um, it will feel very natural to the people that you've had from the beginning, as well as it will feel for the people that you're drawing in. So that you don't want to lose those, those, that older audience, that, that crowd that's been following you all along, but you definitely want to draw in the new audience and to do that, you can't just like bash them in the head with it. You have to be, have to be very thoughtful in the way that your program works. That answer your question. That does. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is that it takes vision mm-hmm. from the start, and and I think what tends to happen is because of um, the kind of business and production environment that we're in, when a client calls and says, "Hey, I want to get a mailer out," um, and they send in artwork, mm-hmm. and um, we offer a strategic view about that campaign. And they'll say, I want to go after a new audience. And I'm looking at the artwork and thinking, okay, this artwork may have worked for a previous audience, but I don't, I don't think this is going to translate. What we can offer internally is, hey, we'll be happy to test that for you. But the implication is you need, an, you need your A mm-hmm. and you're going to need a B, right. right? Right. And so I think this is where a lot of clients actually miss the understanding of there are two people required to do this one is what you do for a living and that's strategic design thinking where you can actually walk in and say let's make a plan that's actually going to last for the next couple of years and really get your brand message developed because you know in my own head when when I think about the sort of work you're doing I think of you come in and you develop a brand message at the top level mm-hmm. and then underneath that are the varying brand messages you're going to communicate in different channels different campaigns different times so at the point that they come to us and they say you know what I need to get a mail piece designed for this thing coming out they actually need to already have established their brand messaging and where they're going to go with that Right. It's tricky. It's very tricky for a lot of people. And they think that, you know, they just hire somebody and they're going to put a Band-Aid on the situation. And it's enough to get it out. And they'll think about that tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And they're not really thinking about, you know, the big picture. And if they're doing it right, if they're hiring the professionals, if they're working with people that are are really talented and skilled at at, um, helping them 
like Midwest in um, directing their campaigns and um, reaching the greatest audience that they can. They really have to think far ahead. And so you can't just put a Band-Aid on it. It can't be cookie cutter. It can't be, you know, a piecemeal design. And it has to be that A-B testing that you're talking about. You put out a campaign that, that reaches one audience, and you put out a campaign that maybe you're trying to reach that audience, but you're trying to stretch mm-hmm. yourself, and you test it out there, and you see what kind of grabs you got from it. And then once you have that, then you do take that campaign that's successful, do more A-B testing until you get finessed and finessed and finessed and you know who your demographic is, you know who your audience is and you know what they're liking. And that's part of the branding strategies too. Um, You can throw darts at a wall, but that doesn't mean that you're gonna actually hit a target. And that's what a lot of these folks are doing. They're just throwing things out there and thinking, okay, I solved my problem because I put out the the postcard this week that my boss demanded that I do, but that doesn't mean that you're gonna bring the audience in. You spend hours getting your marketing campaign ready from multiple channels like email, online display ads, social media ads for Facebook and Instagram, even mail. List management is insane because you have email addresses for some, mailing addresses for others, and how the heck will you ever know who's engaging with your brand in social media? Did you know that you can wrap all of that together in one campaign, drop it onto your own private dashboard, deploy and track from one screen? You can even track all your response rates there. Most importantly, you can capture the people who come to your website and advertise to them not only with retargeting ads, but in their social media accounts and through mail directly to their home. When you're done with your campaign, you'll have the opportunity to round out your list with information like names, addresses, and social media profiles of your website visitors, who responded to your campaign and in what channel, and what you need to do for your next campaign. This is a powerful new way for marketers to reach customers and prospects across the board, without the hours of managing multiple lists and channels. Contact us today and ask how Digital Plus Post can help you make your next campaign your most powerful one. Circling back to the idea of A-B testing, I mean, obviously we advocate for that at all. Every campaign possible, we think it's smart to do an A-B test, mm-hmm. to just continuously stay in touch with what is your audience doing, and, and you know, there's so much movement in and, well, opinion. And just just success rates. Mm-hmm. I did a campaign one time um, when I was at Neznadni with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and this was when they were just opening up, and they were um, trying to figure out how they were going to get people to sign on for memberships. And so we did three tests. We, it was an ABC, um, and it was a direct mail campaign. We just did small quantities of them, but we sent out these three different campaigns, and the one that hit really hit and mm-hmm. we knew that we were really successful because we were reaching above what our target rate was for for um the the market that we we're trying to reach mm-hmm. i forget what the percentages are you know um how how much you need to hit to get a really good direct mail campaign and we we're right. way above it okay so they got back the all those the um, membership and signups that they were hoping for in that first year first year in droves and it, it was because of that idea of a b 
see testing in this particular case. Now, when you're doing design thinking, do you wait for some of those results to come back before you finish the brand thinking? Or is that something that comes into play afterwards? That's a kind of hard to answer. It really comes down to a talking to the leaders of the company mm-hmm. and knowing what their goals are, mm-hmm. um, knowing what's been successful for them and, you know, and having a design aesthetic and understanding how people think. Um, so there, there is a little bit what, you know, might be considered throwing darts at the wall, but it's not really if you're, if you're a design professional, because you understand how, what motivates people, you know, what fonts, um, what they say to people, what the what the dynamic is of them. You know how color affects people, and mm-hmm. it's um, and it's just from long study and and knowing mm-hmm. from example after example after example that this works. So it's not necessarily necessarily a situation where you have to go out and test those things to know if they're successful or not. A lot of times when when we do look at A/B testing, we're actually trying to play with the message. Right. Um, so it's it's not so much about the visual aesthetics or the, those pieces. It's more about the message. And that's mm-hmm. the part where I feel like the A-B testing is more beneficial. Okay. Because you might have a wording that just it rings true to people. Um, and then, or at least you think it rings true. And then you test it and they, it's, you know, people feel it's, you know, awkward or it, it doesn't, it doesn't reach them or, or make them um, do the thing that you want to do, the call to action that you want them to do. Right. Okay, so yeah, I can I can agree with that, and I think that's the moment where design and actual marketing production really match up mm-hmm. because we can come to this firm understanding with the data of this worked, and as you said, like you've got a history of knowing particular colors bring about particular emotions. You had a good educated guess going into this, right. how each one of those were going to perform. Mm-hmm. But there's always that moment of what did it really do in the marketplace later? And my biggest concern about this, and it's getting into some of the details of it, is I've seen particular tests go out, come back, it comes back really successful, and it's incredibly hard to replicate mm-hmm. because you still don't know which piece of that was it that really touched mm-hmm. the consumer, mm-hmm. right? And so the next level down of that is if it performs differently in different channels, we're starting to really get at the message mm-hmm. where we can start to understand right. what which call to action was actually, you, you know, if the call to action was different across the first A, B, and C test, that's easy. Mm-hmm. But if it's pretty similar and different channels start performing in different ways, and that's true, we know that to be true, we've seen enough data, mm-hmm. it becomes really complex tracking and thinking mm-hmm. to do that. So I think over time, once again, I'm just circling back to brand management. You need somebody who can really kind of focus in and start interpreting back. I mean, the data is great, mm-hmm. but it does still need someone with an interpretive eye to look at that and say, here's how I think we should use this information to try the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And always being creative about that, the, the, the problem solving and knowing that you may think that you're in, in the right direction, but then you don't quite get the same results, as you said, and you're mm-hmm. reinventing the wheel every time and then recognizing that on the second try, something missed and yeah. trying to figure out what it is that missed. And um, then going back again to analyze the first results and comparing them to the second results to pinpoint what it is that was missing in there and to try to get back to it. Uh, It's also important to recognize that um, every campaign 
is creative and it's subjective. So there, it's never, ever going to be identical. And if it is, then, then you're going off on the wrong track too, because then your company isn't being fresh. It's not being new and mm-hmm. it's not coming up with new ideas. The creative personnel that are involved in this, they really, they're taking those success stories that have happened in prior times and they're saying, okay, we did this. How can we think along those same lines, but come up with something that's completely a new campaign that's tied to all of the things that we were doing right there. And that's why you see, you know, companies constantly changing their, 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 you know, brand message or not, not their brand message, but their advertising campaigns or their campaigns in general. You, you know, every couple of years, Nike is reinventing the way mm-hmm. that they promote themselves, but you still know that brand and it still feels familiar and they're still doing, they're still hitting all the, the buttons that people want, but it's a new look. It's a fresh look for them. And that's, that's where the creative personnel are coming in and doing, doing all the things that need to be done in order to keep moving that marketing and branding out there for people. Your print and mailing provider should save you time, trouble, and have a positive impact on your cost. At Midwest Direct, we have the facility and team to get your mail projects out the door and to your clients quickly and with as few touches as possible. If your mailings have gotten too complicated or time-consuming to do in-house, it may be time to hand them off to a production facility like Midwest Direct. We can take your mailing from list through print, assembly, and off to the USPS all in one place. We are staffed with postal experts, so we ensure your mail is meeting postal specifications all along. Contact us today for help with your print and mail production. Before we leave this creative side and the creative thinking part and get into something really specific like mail piece design, <laughs> um, <And> there's that. <laughs> I love to throw one more at you that I think I see at the small and mid-sized corporate level happen a lot. And that is, it's a company that perhaps they started out in landscape mm-hmm. and then they moved into hardscape and construction. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden underneath the same brand name, there are two really different messages going on. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if you could just talk about that a little bit, because I'm sure you've run into that multiple times. What do you recommend? I mean, is it better if they try and maintain that unified there's got to be something that's consistent between the two of them there's if you have two identities going on at the same time Mm -hmm. it's going to confuse people and they're not Mm going to know that they're working with somebody that with a company that's tied to this other company Mm -hmm. unless you want that idea of people thinking that you're two companies two completely different companies and maybe you're even competing with each other I, it's really more ideal to find a way to link them together. Again, mm-hmm. this can be through through graphic decisions. So it can be a color mm-hmm. palette. It can be font styles. It can be um, uh, different kinds of techniques or tr- uh, treatments that you're using. Um, or even like coming up with a logo that's integrated with the other logo and then they can separate it out from each other. Or building a website that's got two different 
sites or sides to it that you can go mm. to all of that can be can be done i'm working with a company right now where that's exactly what they're trying to do they've got this big umbrella company and then they've got a bunch mm-hmm. of smaller umbrellas underneath it and they're starting to develop the brand for all of the little umbrellas and they still want it to tie back into the big mm-hmm. the big um picture and they don't want me to touch the big logo the one that mm-hmm is um that surrounds all of them and instead what we're doing is we're addressing the smaller newer versions of the company so that they have reflective of of that logo that's of the big corporate um entity that's that's how i've been dealing with it yeah i i appreciate you talking about that with this audience with our audience for a little bit because i think that's a really common Mm -hmm. business concern to run into and it It's the kind of decision that should not be made at the minute you decide to launch that other company and just get a postcard out. I mean, that's a really important um, decision that you're going to have to live with for a really long time. And I, I do see people make that mistake. I think it's kind of one of those new product launch or new business launch 101 mistakes that people suffer with. Like they just struggle they go five ten years into that there's struggle some, there's some it's like they just got a tattoo or something yeah like you can't change <laughs> it perfect like, oh no <laughs> it's like what did i do to myself and I, I mean even the company that i was that i was saying before what i really wanted to do was to take their big logo the big corporate logo and to start to revise it and then build this new logo into that. And they're like, no, 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 we've uh-huh. got this brand presence and like can right. we freshen it up any. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, no, we can't do that. So I convinced them that they needed to read to really think through this new logo so that it had some kind of tie into the other one. And they were resistant to that because all they wanted was just like Give us some, you know, yeah. give us a landing page. Give us, you know, some postcards and, and I just need some business cards. That's all, you know, that's all that they were thinking about. How can mm-hmm. I make this as simple for myself as possible? And I convinced them that they needed the logo. They are so happy yes. that they did that logo yeah. because they recognize now how it ties together. And now we're trying to build the entire, all the pieces and putting them together. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to build these new entities. And now that they recognize the beauty of that new logo that we created of the smaller company, smaller version of the company, and the other companies that are starting to form underneath it, now they're starting to recognize how all they all fit together and how they all come into that piece. I'm still hoping that they're going to let me go ahead and redesign that big corporate logo. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do big things to it. I just want to do tiny tweaks to it just to freshen it up a little bit. But overall, they're very, very happy that they did this because they can see the identifying features that make them all one big family. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you think about families um, and, uh, you know, they might have the same eyes or they might have the same hair color or whatever. That's what, what this is about. It's trying to give those sub sub companies that same those same kind of features without making them look identical to the big company and you can see the resemblance between them i think that one of the parts about doing that kind of work and building in um, logos that make sense five ten years later with the corporate umbrella brand Mm -hmm. is people forget the importance of their own internal employees Mm -hmm. and how they feel about the brand as well. Mm -hmm. Like, are are we part of this overall Mm -hmm. piece or are we our own separate thing doing something totally different? I mean, 
people forget how that feels internally. Yeah, the buy-in is really, really important. And that's one of the things that makes working with a designer really important mm-hmm. is because uh, you can go to these companies that will do cookie cutter um, mm-hmm. versions of logos, pay up, you know, $100, $200, $500, whatever it is that they're charging on these really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A quick turn logo. Yeah, exactly. And they're horrible. I mean, they look attractive. They're a flavor of the moment. They don't say anything about what the company is. And they're not really taking um, into consideration what the company is trying to say. And if you're doing a logo well, it's one where it is a collaboration that's going on between, you know, the the corporate executives, the people that work with them, and then the designer. Um, And if it's done well, there's a story behind the logo. Anybody mm. can look at the logo that's mm-hmm. part of that company and they can say, oh, and this means this in the logo and the colors are this mm-hmm. because of this. And it's not just like the CEO that's saying this. It's everybody in the company that sees it because they're so so invested in that company and they understand what the company mm-hmm. is saying. So they see those qualities that are in the logo. It's not just like some rubber stamp on, on their brand. They buy into it. Mm-hmm. So that's really kind of what a good designer will bring to the game. Well, I can't emphasize that enough. I'll just resell you on the fact that you do (laughs) what you do. So as a marketer, I have seen over the years so many moments where, you know, I look at something and I realize five, six years from now, that is really going to be a burden, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I can't emphasize enough how good an idea it is to invest up front in this, you know, a professional designer, somebody like you who can really look at it, mm-hmm. think through the message, think through is the message different for different areas. Right. And then when they come to a production company like we're doing, we can really lay our hands on that and split things out, segment it, segment the audience, but then look back to the designers or the design team and say, hey, can you help us craft this so mm-hmm. that? You know, we're tracking results and we're able to feed back to you some good information about the differences in what you've worked out. Right. Uh, no designer actually like develops a logo just thinking of that as its own independent thing. Right. They, they're always thinking about how this could work as part of their brand. And so there's a picture in our heads of how, you know, how the campaign would look, even if we haven't, you know, if, if that hasn't been what they they decided they wanted to buy. They just mm-hmm. wanted the logo, mm-hmm. maybe some postcards or some some business cards. But the designer always has a picture in their head of what is going is going to work for this company. And you know, if they will allow us, we will do it for them. Right. <laughs> so, so it, really, it really comes down to that. But if it, again, if it is done well, it should be pretty clear to people that there's mm-hmm. there's an identity here, that there is a a, a system in place. And you can start to see it. You can say, okay, I see that this font and this font and this font would work really well with this program. And that this logo is probably going to work really well when it's isolated or when it's used on a field that looks like this. And all of those things, again, it, it just seems like it's very, very apparent, very clear if it's a good logo, if it's a good design. If it's a good design. And I, and I think uh, we're going to take a break here in a minute, but I just want to say, and that's why we had you come on, because as a marketing company, um, we see the end result of whether that's good or not. I mean, we do run with the adage of 
data first mm-hmm. and it's list, offer, creative, and channels. Mm-hmm. And if any one of those pieces isn't really connecting with the audience, it's not going to, you're just not going to get the same right. good results. Right. So when we come back, what we'd like is for you to share with us uh, your copious experience on some of the mail piece design because we start with mail and then we have bridged into the omni-channel approach. So we're, we're looking forward to hearing how you approach design in that kind of an environment. Sure. Achieve all your marketing goals with Midwest Direct. Contact us at mw-direct.com or call us at 1-800-686-6666 and get started today. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel now. You don't want to miss any of our fun upcoming announcements.